0: Sanders just cost the Pac-12 an opportunity for a week zero game uh, yes is that a bad thing a lot of people say yes I say no let's go Our Locked On Pac-12 your daily podcast on the Pac-12 conference it's the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day Welcome everybody to another episode of Lockdown Pack Twelve. I'm your host Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day for watching on YouTube. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your number one source to stay. Stayed with our beloved conference of and subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show. Which today is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to. Faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com/slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com/slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Things slipped during the national championship game broadcast, and Coach Prime was there, which in and of itself is emblematic of why Colorado near and why it's such a perfect fit. Because in what other universe, with what other hire, is a college Colorado football coach after a one and 11, getting his school free publicity on the most watched college football game of the year that, you know, turned out to be a little bit of a dud, but still that is made that higher, but there was this whole, um, kerfuffle, I guess you could say, I don't know, call it whatever. And Deion Sanders kind of let it slip that they were thinking of playing a week zero game between Colorado and Arizona state before the buffs play TCU on September 2nd. Colorado of course has got coach prime as Kenny Dillingham after this leaked. And I don't think it was necessarily supposed to because it was still in the works and hadn't been finalized. They decided to nip it in the bud and Some people, not everybody, but some people i had seen talking about this, say things like, oh, my gosh, why didn't Coach Prime just, you know, keep his mouth shut for a little longer? Why wouldn't they do this? Wait, who cares if people know they should still do it anyway? I don't think they should have done this. And this is a fascinating scheduling conversation because it's not one I've ever seen before where they were trying to schedule like this. but. I think if you're the Pac-12 and you want to showcase Coach Prime as much as you can, of course you do. Eyeballs on your conference. You're trying to get attention. You're trying to get relevance. I sound like Colin Coward there. Attention, relevance, smile, prime, big. Anyway, so when you're trying to do that, you want to feature him any opportunity you get. It's why he was on the national championship broadcast. And Once his team actually takes the field, it's why I think the spring game for the Buffs should be a widely publicized event because that's the first real glimpse that we are all going to get into what Colorado football will look like with Coach Prime uh, leading the way there. But the first game that actually matters is still going to be a highly, highly watched affair. And the idea here of playing in week zero so that you can dominate week zero the way that kind of Nebraska and Northwestern did this year. I don't think that that is as appealing to have a conference game that early, to have two first-year head coaches going at it inside the Pac-12. I don't think that is as interesting or as intriguing to a national audience, which is what the Pac-12 and Colorado are going to be looking for here. As having them play the reigning, I almost said Big 12 champs, they didn't win the Big 12, but as, as playing TCU, you want them to TCU. Because here, a couple of reasons why. First of all, in week one, when everybody's zero and zero, nobody's bad yet. Bad yet. And Colorado started with TCU last year. And there are a number of, ways that that first game for the buffs the first is the obvious one win the game if you win the game it would certainly be an upset because that game is being played in fort worth you you have done remarkable things but the second way you can claim a moral victory there is you can directly compare it to week one of when tcu marched into boulder and housed them but if it's competitive Against a TCU team, fresh championship appearance, in which they beat Michigan, in which they won 13 games, in which they shocked the college football world. They were the darlings of the college football world. Everybody was pulling for them, for the most part. That wasn't in Athens, Georgia. You beat that team in Week One. You play them tight in Week. You do more for your program, for the conference, making a first impression. You only get one chance make a first impression. Is that right? What would you rather Coach Prime's first impression be against? A rebuilding Arizona State team that no one, even with all the transfers, expects to be that good, maybe better, but still not that good in 2023? Or would you rather impression for the college football world come against a team that was just in the national championship game? I'm taking the second one if I'm the Pac-12. I'm taking the second one if I'm Colorado. Because if I'm a Buffs fan, I want to see what the team is compared to what they were a year ago. I want to see what they can muster up in week one. But if you're talking about getting the most intrigue, and I, I understand the appeal. I understand the appeal of a week zero game. Everyone would be watching, sure. But this is Coach Prime we're talking about everybody wants to watch anyway I can't wait to see what Colorado is able to do and in a perfect world for the buffs would you start out with Middle Eastern Tennessee Technical Institute get a tune up before you play TCU maybe television perspective with us having no idea no no idea you can say oh they'll be better they'll be this that and the other thing we you don't know until you know You don't know TCU is going to make the playoff until you watch them do it this year. Nobody had that as a preseason pick. No one was taking TCU to go to the playoffs. So you don't know until the action actually starts. You can hypothesize, but you can't know for sure until you watch it with your own eyes. And the first chance for that team to take the field and play a legitimate team that will be at least top 15, if not top 10, but because they're TCU and losing Max Duggan, probably top 15 on the road, it'll be a packed house because TCU fans show up in a big way. What's a bigger brand for Colorado to play in week one? I know you've got other college football games, but people are going to want to watch Colorado. They are an interesting team in the Pac-12 going into 2023, dare I say, in the country. Because it is going to be a real question of, what can you do in one year when you have taken over a program that hasn't had success in a long, long time and just had one of the worst power five season memory? What can you do with that? How quick can the turnaround be? We saw USC and Washington go from four to 11 wins, but they've had success a lot more out those cupboards were a little bit more stocked. Those are the sorts of questions that everyone's going to be asking and I think playing TCU is the best case scenario. I don't think you want to play Arizona State first because if Colorado gets that win, it doesn't mean as much as if you beat TCU. And a win against TCU doesn't mean as much if you played Arizona State the week before because everyone wants to see the everyone wants to get that first initial impression. And I think doing that against the Horn Frogs The best thing for Colorado, and I think it's the fans, and I think it's the best thing for the Pac-12. So if this all got crossed out as an opportunity because Deion Sanders Sanders leaked it before he was supposed to, then I'm glad he did. Because that first game against TCU, everybody is going to be watching that. And that is one of a matchup. A lot of you have been clamoring for me to Ask the question: what does potentially bring to the Pac-12s and expansion team? It's a great question. And I am going to go back into lawyer mode and answer that. If I were an actual lawyer looking for, you know, like a paralegal or something, I'd check out LinkedIn jobs. I would. Because this as a small business owner or hiring manager in 2023 depends on the team member members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job posts, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified Candidates. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All righty then. It is time. And I'm glad you guys like this segment because frankly, I really enjoy it. It has been an ongoing theme here at Locked On 12. We are evaluating expansion candidates in depth. And this question came in from any of you via Twitter at Smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore Pac-12 or via the YouTube comments, which is where AWS 34, pre services 34, says, since we are on the same page, assume Fresno State and San Diego State are added. Fair assumptions, but not givens. Please, in all caps, make the case for the Pac-12 to get into Texas. UTSA and SMU. I've talked to going to get to the Mustangs here. He says, let's go in all caps. He's very excited about that. I would not be opposed to adding a 15th and 16th team. UNLV, Boise, Colorado State, Nevada, Air Force, Rice. Assuming these added teams would take less for a few years, please let us know. So these potential options in depth, because I think every school, every team, and you, the Pac-12 fans, to or watching the show deserve nothing other conference who are watching i appreciate each and every one of you quick note here on aws 34's question every team coming from a group of five conference would take less for a period of time how long exactly that depends on how the conference and the and the instable to negotiate but utah did that when they joined the pac-12 and you know they were they were able to compete of course, after uh, a period of, so it's not, you know, it, it's obviously a little bit of a disadvantage at first, but still a smaller share of a PAC 12 payout is a lot more than a full share of a G5 payout, including from the American or the mountain West or conference USA, anyone. It's, it's much, much You nimble Narwhal, which by the way, great alliterative name on YouTube. Absolutely fantastic. Wanted to ask, about Houston, they're going to the bedroll too. Teams have gone back on their word to join conferences before. I wouldn't like to hear about Houston because I really don't anticipate that taking place, though it would be a worthy addition, certainly from the men's back Smokes, that team is good. Number one in the country, I'm pretty sure, right now. And they were really good last year, too. But today we're Going uh we're going into SMU. Into SMU. So I'm gonna metaphorically put on the lawyer hat. And if it pleases the court, Your Honor, ladies and gentlemen, people watching on the C SPAN camera out there or listening to the radio feed on legal radio. The Pac-12, as they look to expand, they need energy with their expansion move, whatever that may be. Perception is as important as reality. It is, because this is a sport of college football that we all love and adore, where perception matters a great deal. Perception of your program, perception of your conference, perception of the sport. It's not always reflective of reality, but both play into the end product we get on the field. SMU can offer you a number of encouraging things. They can offer you a boost and a boost in reality. Let's start with the latter here, shall we? The Pac-12 just lost its largest media market in Los Angeles. The conference knows they need eyeballs. They need people to watch on TV. Football more and more is becoming about what you television perspective. As much as it is, how can you get fans into seats? for parking, buying concessions, buying tickets, alumni and all that sort of stuff. You need people watching on TV. Southern Methodist University or SMU as we're more commonly referred to, the Mustangs, sit right in the heart of Dallas, Texas. Population, 1.3 million. In a state, might I remind you, that is 29 and a half million people total. With plenty of Mustang fans, Mustang fans rather scat Lone Star State perception adding a school from the group of five level can harm your perception it's undeniable if you're going to add a program from the group of five level and you don't want the perception of your conference getting weaker to become the reality to many college football fans across the country might you want to consider Which of those group of five conferences has been the strongest, the deepest, the most competitive? Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, your honor, and everyone else, the answer is the American Athletic Conference. Which, just a season ago, sent a team in Cincinnati to the call. They are now bound for the Big 12, along with UCF and Houston. The American has proved itself to be in the upper echelon, dare I say, at the top of group of five football at the college ranks. that is where SMU resides right now. Formerly of the WAC, formerly of Conference USA, now in the American, we are prepared to make that jump. This is also something that influences perception when adding a program to your conference. Would it intrigue any, I hope all, of you to know that through three different head coaches, the last three head coaches, Southern Southern Methodist University has compiled a winning season in five of their last six tries. Program that cares about football a great deal. This is a program that is capable of winning a great deal. A wild run of success. You may have heard of our most recent coach. His name is Sonny Dykes. He went to a program just across the way. It's known as Tech University or TCU. Last I checked, they played in the national championship game this year. That is the caliber of coach we are capable to SMU. In fact, each of our last two head coaches... Have been hired by Power Five institutions because when SMU wins, people notice. People are watching. People pay attention, and that is what the Pac-12 needs in any expansion team: the ability to draw in a crowd, to draw in an audience. And SMU is capable of delivering to that right in the heart of the Lone Star State. And let's talk about the state of Texas, where everything is bigger not just its size, its barbecue, its hats, its boots. Many things about the state are just bigger in Texas, including the pool of recruiting talent. And yes, Texas represents a most appealing option for the Conference of Champions from a media market perspective. This is undeniable and one of the primary reasons I urge you to consider SMU. But look at the Lone Star State. Did you know that according to 24-7 sports, in the twenty twenty three recruiting class, they are the number two state country, second only to Florida, in producing high caliber offensive and defensive and special teams and all sorts of talent for a college football team? And finally, there is but one lingering question. About SMU, that I'm sure many of you are asking right now as I present this argument to the court. And it's a very fair one. It is one of money, commitment, facility, which again influences both perception and reality. And that question is one asked and should be answered as well, and only makes SMU even more appealing what smu is doing on that front that should allow you to solidify in your mind why they're such a prime candidate first i must tell you about my friends at bet online your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis get the latest odds and trail in amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball in the world cup they have had it all and they will continue to have it At betonline.sports podcasts. You can even find those at betonline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And we are not starting, rather, but it's an important question. Well, if SMU were to be added to the Pac 12, would they be? able to keep up, would they be able to take visits and tours that allow them to be dazzled and amazed by the facilities that they could one day enjoy should they do their football as a Mustang? Ladies and gentlemen, the jury, your honor and everyone else tuning in to this wonderful show. You need not question the facilities or our commitment at SMU. we have clear and will continue to do so that we want to be a top-tier football program and that we are prepared to make the job. How prepared might you ask? Not only was our football stadium renovated in 2012 with an absolute maximum capacity of 5,000 screaming Mustang fans, we are currently in the midst of a one- hundred million dollars you heard hundred million dollars state of the art facility dedicated for smu football a project that began in early december 2022 to be completed ahead of the 2000 and season the very year in which the pac-12 as it currently stands would only have 10 teams in the league, S offers their name into consideration, not for the goblet of fire of Harry Potter, but for entrance into the Pac-12, the commitment to football, the program tradition, the success, the recognition, the caliber of coaches we've been able to attract, which would only increase, able to jump to the power five level. We are prepared in the midst of one of the most populous, largest recruiters, recruiting bases in terms of states entry with a good media market to boot. We are ready to join the power five ranks. Thank you. I yield my time. I don't know if I'm getting like too into character for that sort of stuff, but I got to tell you, keep sending me t- keep doing that. Seriously, I'm having a blast. By the way, SMU, this is a total coincidence for any of you SMU fans watching or listening out there um one of you i kind of made a i sent out a tweet that made it seem like smu was getting announced to the pac-12 on monday when in fact it was this very segment that was still so this has not been announced just want to clear uh all that sort of stuff up but just by chance i'm wearing a ralph lauren shirt which you know like kind of from afar looks like the app, same color so you know pony express is never late wouldn't let him down outside of lawyer mode here smu it makes a lot of sense. There, there's a lot of to football, the money, the media market, the, the expansion into the state of Texas. I think there's, there are a lot of things working. And I think San Diego State is probably the number one clear addition. Whether or not they go with two new teams or four new teams, no. But I would not put SMU outside of, at the very least, the top three or of four for for George Klioff list of teams, and I think SMU would say yes. And I think with that stadium renovation and the new facilities they're building, I think they would say yes and are looking for that sort of chance because the American just got gutted by the Big Twelve. UCF gone, Houston gone, Cincinnati gone. I think they would want to jump. Could be a very very logical partnership. Okay, closing uh, today's show with this a couple of transfers and coming from Washington state and Oregon state, which in the midst of all the transfer talk have to feel better now than they did a few months ago when it looked like, wait, if it's going to get left to the mountain West, doesn't compare that that's going to be the case anymore. Thank goodness, because I want the champions to stay alive for more than a but Washington state offensive lineman, Jarrett Kingston transferred to USC And Omar Spates, the linebacker at Oregon State, who was integral to their defensive success, therefore their team success this year as a defensively led team, are both leaving their programs. Kingston's going to USC. Spates, as I record this on Sunday night, hasn't announced yet. I've seen more than a couple fans of these programs or other programs, frankly, who are kind of in a similar space, frustrated at that caliber of player, leaving that caliber. And I wanted to address that. First thing, the door does swing both ways. It's harder for a Mountain West or a Conference USA or an American Conference team to keep good players when Power Five opportunity, right? Washington State took Cam Ward from Incarnate Ward. Now, they ended up having a successful season without him, but they might've preferred that he had stayed that sort of stuff has happened all the time. But I I totally understand. I mean like 100%. I totally understand anyone who's a fan of of a program that does not have a rich tradition of, of winning like Oregon state and Washington state money for NIL or otherwise that they can throw at players to, you know, lure them away from the team that they're currently playing for and it feels you know a little bit like Moneyball sometimes and and that's kind of what it is right there's a there's a line in Moneyball of which there are about 50 that I can off the top of my head and have many times here on the show that's not stopping by the way it's one of the best movies ever where it felt like to members in the open that they were just a farm system for the New York Yankees and I bring that up to say in college College sports, this is kind of a new phenomenon, fin- but in sports in general, it never has been. And I don't think it'll ever go away, right? And Kingston State, where he's been a good player and he's got NFL potential and is opting to go to USC instead. Does that happen in the old transfer portal era? Probably not. It happens in this one, though. The door definitely swings both ways, but I, I really do empathize ends of teams who have those players leave. And you're like, well, wait, that guy was one of our better players. He was going to help us compete. And now we're, you know, at even gap deficit or a talent deficit with, with these other top tier programs. And that's true. It's, it's, it's unquestionable. It's a bummer for the Cougs and the beeves to lose these guys because they would have been starters in 2023, and they would have, again, been really good players. And now you have to replace them, and you hope you can find someone who's you know, 80% of the production or, or so. You'd love to find someone who's 100, but it's harder at those programs. I think it's just exacerbating what we've seen forever in college football, which is it's not built to be easy for the little guy when you have de facto free agency, right, which is what happens in sports like baseball without a salary cap, this is what tends to happen. And you don't have to like it, but it is a reality, and it's not a new thing to sports, right? It's a new thing to college. The portal essentially being free agency, does it make it impossible for those programs to win and compete at a high level? No, it just means they, you know, their coaching staffs have to, Sink their teeth in, coach a little harder, recruit a little bit harder, and try and find, you know, a, a greater assortment of players that can be high-level, productive members of your, of your football team. Is it harder? Yeah, I, I think you can make a solid case. You can add players from other schools as well, right? You get players from, you know, bigger programs who weren't playing as much that want to go sometime. Oregon State, for example, transfer portal giveth, transfer portal taketh. Giveth DJU, taketh Omar Spates. Old transfer portal rules, DJU is not Oregon State starter this year. But old transfer portal rules, Omar Spates probably doesn't leave the team. There's always some give and take there, but recruiting has always favored the teams that are the biggest brands that win at the highest levels, that have got the most money. And I think the transfer portal is just taking that to another level. I don't think it's, you know, that much different than recruiting, frankly. But anyone who's frustrated with the idea of, you know, someone who played at a smaller school like Wazoo or Oregon State for a couple of years was really good and now wants to go to a bigger power five school. It's the unfortunate reality for those fans. You just kind of have to deal with it. But all that there are advantages to this being the reality, but totally get the drawbacks too. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time and wonderful rest of your day.